On today's episode of Embodied Divinity, you have the pleasure of meeting Gretchen Coleman, who I interview all about her incredible breakthrough therapy with horses. She is an advocate for horses and their healing medicines, and we dive deep into it all on today's journey. I hope you enjoy, and you can find the links to work with Gretchen, her mother, and her husband below wherever you're listening to this episode. Hey, Divine One, Nikaila Mariah here, inner child and self-mastery expert and divine channel at your service. And this is my podcast. It is my mission to guide you back into remembering of all that you are as you stand in your highest self and live this life on earth to your fullest and most joy-filled ability. It's time to stand fully in your power, optimize your energy, and let wealth rain down on you as you get clear on your energy, mind, body, and spirit. This is for the divine ones, the cosmic beings, the creatives, industry leaders, and stars who are ready to activate their fullest potential and live a life of purpose, peace, and pleasure as we create a new world. It's time to remember the divine being you are and act accordingly. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Embodied Divinity with another beautiful featured guest. You just heard all about Gretchen in the intro. I'm so excited to have you here today. Can you tell us how you became the woman sitting in front of us today? Um, I think probably every woman you ask sits there and goes, man, that's a loaded question (laughs) (laughs) because there's, there's so many things, you know, by the time you get to any kind of adult age, you're like, I mean, I could go on and on. Um, I think if I were to hit the highlights, um, one of the biggest things would be my mom. Um, and here we're at the beginning and I'm already getting emotional, but, um, so my mom is, uh, is a shaman. She's a healer. She's been a healer her whole life. She started as a nurse and her journey took her into uh, holistic and energetic healing. But as a child, she was very um, in tune in the sense that she was able to see in her nine kids that we all had very distinct gifts. And she was always very supportive of, you know, um, spiritual gifts. And so I think a big part of what has led me here today is the encouragement of my mom and my dad as well in just believing in my intuition, believing in my gut feeling and in my connection to the universe. And, you know, growing up, maybe there were different names for it at different times as God or Jesus or whatever that may look like. But, um, you know, I think in essence, what's the biggest thing that's brought me here today is the self-assurance that my parents taught me of trusting my inner voice. And uh, along with that was my journey with horses, which we'll get into a little later. But, um, you know, just having them as a spiritual and physical guide through my life of teaching me who I am and teaching me my self-assurance and knowing, you know, I don't know, the biggest thing, just trusting myself, just being able to rely on myself, even when other people didn't, you know. I I love that that story and perspective of really having parents because it is so rare to be honest on the show I don't know that I've had a guest yet who has had a really beautiful experience with their parents in childhood of really 
deepening into their intuition and their gifts. And I think that's one of the most powerful things we can do. A lot of people on this healing journey are trying to get back to that place, being that conscious parent to themselves. Right. So I think that's so powerful. And honestly, I'm so excited to have you here because I had a child who I have two children, but one of my children, um, had a significant amount of trauma in their childhood. And the one thing, because they weren't able to communicate about at the time, the one thing that I was so grateful for was that I found someone who was experienced with horse therapy. And it's the one thing that created that, that connection and ability to feel and heal. And I love that this is something you do and know more about, because I think horses are such they make, it makes me emotional to talk about horses because you can feel their healing nature and their love and their power. How did you, I mean, obviously from your childhood, but how did you come to find like that healing medicine within horses and their energy? Uh, again, like a really loaded question. Like I look back and it's literally my entire life. Um, I like people ask me, when did you get into horses? My answer is I was born I, I, there's not a day in my life. I don't remember thinking about them every single day. So I think it was like a, a, an animal guide I was definitely born with. And in a spiritual sense, like they've been with me my entire life. I got my first horse when I was 12, but even before that, um, I would, again, talking about my parents, their astuteness in noticing how big of a part of me they were because some of my earliest memories are from Christmases and birthdays, receiving stuffed horses and toy horses and books about horses. Like before I had my own horse, I had stacks of books and I would read them over and over and over. And they even gave me like fictional, like saddle club books and stuff. But I was always in like, I want to learn about their anatomy. I want to learn about their behavior, all the breeds, all the, all of that. And so, um, but what really started bringing me into realizing not just that they were like my favorite animal, but that they were a healing force was when I got my first horse. And here we go. Emotions again. Um, so I still have him. I've had him for 18 years. He's 22 years old now. I got him when he was five. And I and again, like I said, I was 12 and we were both so young. Like I didn't know how to ride. He wasn't trained to be ridden. Um, but he was a gentle little guy and I was just full of the wonder of life. And, um, and so it really started when I tried to accomplish training with this horse. Like I, it was a challenge set before me of, I get to start from ground zero for myself and my horse and getting us, you know, to be able to ride together, to do trail rides, to, um, you know, even just being able to handle him with a halter on, like, and uh, and it was so challenging. Like I I remember there were so many times I would just stand out in the pen, just like so frustrated and angry, and just cry because, you know, I I grew up in a pretty um, uh, lower class family, and so financially I didn't have access to teachers. I didn't have access to, um, you know, at the time around that age, like the internet was still pretty new. So there wasn't a lot of internet resources even. And so I just like would grab onto any resource that I could. But other than that, I just had to stand out there with my horse and figure it out. And at the time it was, you know, a source of a lot of frustration for me because um, I felt like I wasn't, I didn't have any help, but I look back at it now and it was so important for my journey 
to figure that out because again, I only had my intuition to lean on. I only had what this horse was showing me and what this horse was teaching me. And so, you know, I, it it was kind of the beginning of, at first my goal was, I just want to ride my horse and have some fun, but it started becoming like, I had to learn intense patience. I had to learn intense forgiveness for not just my horse, but for myself, I had to learn like incredible self-control. Um, and and just to start that kind of an intense training regimen, you could say, at a young age, and then have it carry you through into adulthood. Like, I feel like there were things that that horse has taught me that most people don't learn until way later in their life. And um, and so and then just in the recent years, you know, starting to go on my own healing journey, doing my own inner work in the last five years or so. Um, starting to realize how integral the spiritual aspects of those first few years with my horse were because he was teaching me about healing from the very beginning and uh, and it's it's just gone on from there with other horses and things I feel your heart and I feel your connection with your horse and I can feel how how incredible this journey was to create even who you are now and I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand just because it's not talked about a lot, the the power and the healing that can come from this connection. So you you work a lot with horses and therapy, but also animal communication. Is that right? Yeah, animal communication uh, is kind of a really broad term for a lot of different gifts. Um, I kind of think of it as animal communication is a byproduct of what I do. Um, So specifically, I'm certified in craniosacral therapy for horses. And uh, and then I've also recently learned cryotherapy and uh, myofascial release therapy. And... um, And so the animal communication just comes from the desire to help the horse be healthy because you kind of have to, especially in the craniosacral therapy, it does have shamanic technologies involved. And so in order to help that horse to the fullest, you have to tap into those uh, higher channels of communication where you can speak telepathically, where you can pick up on, you know, sometimes standing by a horse, I will feel their emotions or I'll feel their pain in my body. And so I think of it as the animal communication, as most people think of it, is kind of a byproduct of what I am, uh, you know, seeking to accomplish with horses. That's that's really cool. And I'm assuming it takes a lot of just like your inner knowing and your inner intuition to be able to trust this process and and to cultivate a relationship with the horse where they're also trusting you. Absolutely. Um, There's been quite a few horses that you can tell that they have been distanced from their own gifts. I mean, horses, animals in general, but horses especially are very spiritual and intuitive creatures. And that's how they communicate with each other. Um, And so a, a lot of horses that have been raised in the typical way that humans keep horses, they're actually discouraged from the means of communication that come naturally to them. And so when those horses, when they're the owners of those horses call me out, uh, there are many horses that are like <laughs> very surprised because they're being spoken to in a way that they haven't in, I mean, some of them decades. And so um, for them to recognize like, okay, this gal is like speaking my language literally and 
then to speak back. Um, there's some horses, it takes them two or three sessions to start talking back to me because they're so shut down and their energy is so stagnant that they, they can't access those gifts until the energy that's been blocked in their body has been moved so that they can start to communicate back. And, uh, and in those sessions, I just get so excited when I show up and I can immediately, they immediately start talking to me and they're like, here I am, look, I've got it back. I can, I figured it out. Like we've, we've done it. And, um, and to stand next to one of those horses, you can feel the joy that they feel because it's such an, I mean, it's such a, uh, evolutionary and instinctual part of them that us out of our ignorance, you know, removes from them. And so to give them that part of their power back, it's, it's a joyful thing. I, I love to do that for them. I love that. How would, how would you say your journey with a queen therapy and really your own spiritual journey kind of correlate and go hand in hand? Um, again, a loaded question. It's, it's, it's hard to, again, it's hard to look back and narrow it down because they sit there and go, well, in every way possible, because for me personally, there's such a, there's such a like present spiritual guide that almost in every aspect, the horse is there, but, um, in a way that I can describe in words in English, <laughs> um, well, for one, it's, it came from a great desire to give back because in the beginning it was about my healing it was about you know helping gretchen to become whole to heal her inner child to uh learn the gifts and skills that i was born with to reclaim them and become cognizant of them and especially uh my childhood horse his name is q especially q like looking back and thinking of all of the things he's given to me how can i start giving back how can i start um to return that energy and to give thanks, to be grateful. Um, <clears throat> because horses live in a role in, in human uh, society of a quote unquote beast of burden. And they have filled that role with such grace and beauty. And it's something that they enjoy to do. They enjoy, uh, I mean, at this point, we've had horses in our history for you know, over 10,000 years. And so in a way we've evolved together, our nervous systems have evolved together, much like dogs. And so horses anymore, there really aren't true wild horses. There's only domestic horses, but there's been this shift in like, here's, we, this is all that we ask of horses, but now there's a shift in people recognizing how can we start giving back? And so in my part of that, it's, it's, recognizing that how to help horses reclaim their foundational instinctual abilities without removing this noble gift of carrying man through their hardest trials. And um, because most horses I talk to, they don't mind what people ask of them. They don't mind doing those things. They just want support to be able to do it. And so I feel as um, as a friend to the horse, it's part of my responsibility to educate people in, yes, absolutely, your horse can be a world-class show jumper and he wants to be. Yes, absolutely, your mare wants to be a brood mare and help you create more beautiful horses. 
but this horse is experiencing pain. He's experiencing panic. She's experiencing, um, you know, even horses have childhood trauma that they carry with them. And so how can we as humans start to facilitate a life for our domestic friends that they can be supported in their role as a companion to man? And because, um, you know, some people, they kind of want to diminish their role in human society. They want, oh, free all the horses. You know, it's abusive to uh, to to ride them, to train them, et cetera. And some people feel that way. And maybe the horses they interact with feel that way. But the horses that come into my space, they don't want to lose their role as a companion and as a helper and as this powerful force in humans' life. But they want help. They want support. And so for me and my spiritual journey is recognizing my role and being a voice for them of this is what your horse needs. And and being grateful for the people that come to me that are willing to fulfill those needs. I'm so grateful you said that because for me personally, I have such a hard time with, um, I've seen both ends of the spectrum here in Utah. There's a lot of people who, who have horses who treat them with the utmost respect and they see them and they care for them just like a dear friend. And then I see, and I ache for some horses, like, especially around like this holiday season, my daughter and I were out last week and there were these two beautiful horses carrying people in carriages for hours and hours. And my heart just broke because I could feel like this, this exhaustion and like, even like the people in ooing and awing, but not necessarily having that like respect and gratitude. And so I think there's like that fine line too, between like honoring, they love doing this and this is beautiful. And there's a limit to like how much they can carry and can we have this gratitude and respect. And so I really appreciate you kind of drawing that line and opening us up to like a different perspective to how to see them. I, I would love, I love that you're also so oriented to being a friend of the horse and how you can serve the horse. I'd love to see too, just for my own personal, um, knowing of, of the healing benefits of being with horses, because like I said, with my daughter, when she was young, not being able to necessarily verbalize or work through a lot of her trauma, what I witnessed when she was going to these lessons and, and having this, this horse therapy, she would stand with this one horse. And as she touched him, it was like the pain was leaving her body, but also the horse was telling, I get emotional talking about it. I could see the horse telling her, you are powerful and you are worthy. And it was almost like she could stand a little taller next to this horse. And I just, I always wondered like about that connection. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's one of the divine gifts of horses is that in, in any culture, every culture that either originated with horses or was introduced to horses, they immediately recognized their spiritual brilliance and their absolute physical prowess. Um, like anyone that stops by a horse can feel that they just carry such power. And, you know, in a lot of ways, people are like, if you look at like the spiritual significance of horses, they're like, oh, it's a symbol of freedom and a symbol of strength. And that's absolutely true. And what I love about um, the way that the horse community is moving in these last few years is that what we feel when we stand next to a horse is now being scientifically proven. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and, and like, 
horse therapy for people has moved forward in leaps and bounds in the last few decades and is now a very respectable form of therapy. Um, and we're getting science to back up why, why that works. Um, so one of the biggest things, uh, scientifically and I guess physically about horses that is so beneficial for humans is their electromagnetic field can be anywhere between six and 60 feet wide. And so literally the electrical field from their heart, I mean, their hearts are huge. Their hearts are gigantic. And so the electrical field that they emit from their hearts can be up to 60 feet across. And so you can stand 60 feet away from a horse and that horse can feel your heartbeat, knows your blood pressure, it knows your adrenaline level, it knows your breath rate. And that's an evolutionary advantage that horses and probably most prey animals have is because they need to be able to walk in their herd and recognize friend from foe. And they also need to be feel, if I'm on this side of the herd and a horse on this side of the herd sees a predator, that signal goes through the entire herd and they move together. And, um, and so in, in a human environment, in a healing capacity, that horse can stand across an arena from a child that is in need of help and can immediately pick up on the hormonal and physical symptoms of pain, literal pain, because emotional pain causes the same symptoms as physical pain in our bodies, in our nervous system. So that horse can pick up on that. And a horse, you know, not all horses are meant to be therapy horses. Some horses do not want that at all, but other horses that they desire that they, they have gifts for that. And, um, And so just picking up on those electrical signals, uh, that horse can go over and stand by that child and start to emit electrical frequencies that help to ease that pain. And um, if you stand next to a horse long enough, and I can't remember exactly the number, it's something between like three and six minutes, um, just the fact that their heart rate is so much slower than ours slows down our heart rate. And so if we just stand in the presence of a horse in their electromagnetic field, our nervous systems start to sink. And so they can decrease our heart rate and bring it down. And and then on top of that, you have their physical beauty and just looking at something beautiful helps you to relax. And so you stand in their presence and it's just like this electromagnetic cleansing of like everything's okay. And not to mention their role as an animal that carries us through trials, um, their physical strength is a comfort to us. It's kind of like um, if you have a man that you trust and you stand next to that man that you trust, you just think, okay, I'm safe here because of the physical prowess. And it's the same thing with a horse because a lot of people don't have a man that they trust. So they go stand next to a horse and they can stand in the physical prowess and go, okay, I'm safe here. And uh, anyway, it's it's fascinating. And I've experienced it over and over again. And I, I love when people are able to feel that. It's interesting that you said that because earlier while you were talking, I was also thinking the horse feels like that very masculine container of even like the the protector, the provider, but then there's this, this feminine nurturance that you were talking about bringing to the table where you say they want to serve, they want to be this protector. They want to be this provider and they need this like feminine nurturance and love and support to carry them through. And I think it's such a beautiful thing. I think it's so cool 
the role you play for horses and like as you were speaking just now about their gifts and abilities and roles it feels a lot too like like humans of where not all humans are meant to be healers not all humans are meant to be in these different roles right some people don't even want that and so the fact that you can bring voice and recognition to these different aspects of the role horses play in the world and the power that they create and having respect for their sovereignty as well, whatever that may look like is so beautiful. So I would love for you to just share with my community um, what offerings you have. And I know there's a couple offerings that I mentioned in your introduction, pointing them towards working with your mom and husband. So can you give us a little bit more about those three things? Yeah. So in my, uh, venture to explore my spiritual gifts with horses I was leaning towards equine therapy for people but as I started moving in there I started recognizing the need that horses have to be healed and so the the gifts that I offer horses like I mentioned before I do visionary equine craniosacral therapy which is in essence a trauma release therapy it incorporates um, very light physical touch and osteopathic practices with ancient shamanic technologies. And so it's able to get down into the emotional, mental, and spiritual aspects of pain and of physical body patterns. And so you're able to go into the cells, into the nervous system itself, and release those patterns of trauma and replace them with new patterns that, so that the horse can move past whatever traumatic event that they've had. Um and then I also, uh, like I mentioned recently, I got certified in cryotherapy, which is cold therapy for horses and muscle or uh, myofascial release therapy. And I, the reason I chose that out of the so many modalities of equine body work is because it couples very well with the craniosacral therapy um, because it's all about releasing those old physical patterns that have been caused by an injury in the past or an emotional experience in the past, um, because the fascia and the nervous system are very closely linked. And so the craniosacral incorporates the nervous system and the myofascial release incorporates the fascia. So it's just about kind of opening and cleaning and creating a new slate for the horse to come back into their power, both energetically and physically. Um, and then the cold therapy, I mean, there's tons of research on cold therapy, like ice baths, et cetera. Um, but the way I do it for horses is, a very specific uh, spot treatment device so that you can put the cold exactly where you need it. You don't have to go walking them into like a big pool of ice water. You can just do it while they're standing tied up. And it's been very effective and the horses learn to enjoy it. They enjoy uh, the experience. Um, and so that's what I offer. And then of course, along with that, like I said, is the byproduct of animal communication. And so opening that space for horses and learn teaching them and offering to them an experience for the, to reclaim their power, they just along the lines start to express their feelings about life and about their current situation, about their owner, about their past, about their whatever illness they have. And so incorporated in that is the animal communication aspect. Um, and then yeah, my, my husband basically does that, but for people. So he is a certified sound healer and he's also a shaman and a level three Reiki master. Um, he is beginning to open his practice to the public. He's been practicing for the last five years, but he's just recently opening up to take 
uh, clients. He's been working on friends and family and on himself, but now he is, uh, he's looking to reach out and to help people um, around. So he's, he has excellent sound baths that he lets me assist with uh, at times. And uh, he's very gifted in sound healing. Um, my mother is amazing and she is a master herbalist. She's also a shaman and a Reiki master, um, but she has some very specific healing experiences that she offers to people um, for shadow healing, generational healing. And she incorporates all of those shamanic experiences with herbal remedies. Um, and so she has an offering of personalized herbal tinctures um, that she incorporates with the shamanic healing. Um, and the reason I wanted to mention them is because uh, the three of us work very closely together. And so we often bounce off each other and help people in different ways. And so if you come and do any work with me, you're definitely going to hear about my husband and my mom. So I we're kind of working together. Beautiful. I love it. I love the community aspect and the way that you guys all all grow and learn from each other's gifts and can use that to offer it to so many different people and beings. And anyone listening to this, if you have a horse, if you're interested in the healing energy of horses, definitely check out everything Gretchen has to offer. And like, like she said, like I said, in the beginning, there are the links below to check out her husband's work and her mother's work. So I'm so excited that we had this opportunity to learn from you today, Gretchen. Thank you so much. Thank you for letting me come on. I, I love talking about horses. I could talk about them all day long. I loved being in your presence as you did. It was so heart opening and everyone listening. Thank you as always breathe deep and plan on miracles. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, Divine One. It truly has been an honor to guide you deeper into yourself today. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to create a ripple of support for my podcast, please share it with your friends, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. You can find me on all the socials by searching Nikaila Mariah or checking the link in my bio. As always, breathe deep, plan on miracles, and know life's about to get a whole lot more magical. <laughs>